0: Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and we are back on the season of reviews slash previews for 2023 with the Gold Coast Suns. Alex Miller, a huge season of improvement
1: for them, got so close to finals. We're really, really high on them here at A3. I tell you what, year after year, Cat, always keep pushing them higher and higher up the ladder. And uh, the 2021 season, I remember I said they'd finish in the top eight and they stunk it up, but this year they responded and. I will pick the wrong year not to back him in, but they had a really good year of progression lots um, achieved. She was joining and signing an extension with the Suns, which is great, Um, and apparently hasn't eaten any more assistant coaches, which is good news as well. (laughs) (laughs) Very good
0: for the assistant coaching panel up at the Gold Coast. Uh, Their best season by wins, Doc, since that 2014 season when Gary Ablett went absolutely bananas and nearly carried them to the final themselves. Uh, Everything's looking pretty bright up at the Gold Coast at the moment. Yeah,
2: it's interesting, Cat. This time last year, I had the Gold Coast Suns finishing seventeenth um, in my notes here, uh, and they would and they produced probably the best season they've had, to be honest. And and look, I suppose we'll kick us. I'll kick us off with the positives with um, the fact that they covered Ben King. Yep. That, that was exactly why I had them finishing seventeenth because Ben King was their number one goal kicker and had done so much forward of the ball for them and has given them an avenue to goal that. Him going down, who who who, 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 the, who was going to step up? Well, it turns out two people stepped up. One of them's going to be your one of them's going to be your most improved. But I suppose the um the, the redemption tour we're big on a redemption tour. But Levi Casbolt oh. Miller has just turned has just churn, turned out a redemption tour that could rival only Jack Dupay in the a in the AFLW team. I will tell you what, and,
1: and well deserved. I thought he had an amazing year from the get go. Really looked like he almost had a point to prove off off the first bounce of the season and. Good on him. It's always tough being a key position player coming into a new team, particularly at 32 years of age, I think, as well, Cat, And he um, took on a big role from a leadership point of view, from a um, supporting, you know, Choll and those other young players in the forward line point of view, and really important player for the Levi Caswell. An amazing season, I thought. His best goals ever, um, and his most goals since 2017. He kicked 34 that year, 35 this year. But just looked a completely different player and full of confidence, it looked like, Kat.
0: Yeah, I think it just structurally it changed so much about the Gold Coast forward line, which had been struggling to find its feet, and we didn't really know what it was going to look like without Ben, as, as Doc mentioned, but... They bloody turned it around well, and it helped the other guys out there too. We'll talk about this guy in a bit, but Ben Ainsworth, 25 goals. Holman managed to get 16 goals on the board this mm. year as well. A young kid like Malcolm Roses was able to come into the team and average a goal a game too. So I think all round they managed to find that that balance in there. And we talked about um, places in the team finding that structure as well. Doc, I thought the back line for the Suns was underrated the whole year long. Um, They were a very, very solid defensive group, and I think they're growing together really nicely. We saw, um, obviously, Charlie Ballard really continue his development in that team. Um, Another young guy who came into the side as well, who I'm really, really high on um, in... Well, there's a bunch of them that I could talk about being high on in this team, but Jai Farrar, um, he really slotted into that group well too. I think we just saw what the next step and the next evolution of this Gold Coast team is going to be.
2: Absolutely, cat, and and as well, we we talk. I, I I can't speak highly enough about Sam Collins, and I think I think it was the twenty twenty one season. He missed he missed a lot of footy, mm. and and you could see that the entire defensive unit suffered because he he, he is the defensive general in this team for mine, and and I, and I think we everything centers around him. He's a great intercept marker. He's a great defensive stopper. He gets everyone else organized and he played every game and he just they he just everyone just walked taller around him miller yeah and you and you and you, you talk about guys like guys like baller who we know is gonna who we know is gonna step up every every week for the next 10 years and guys like jai Ferrar that step up and will powell before he broke his ankle was um was in was in pretty fair nick as well i
1: think that there's
2: a there's a lot to there's a lot to like, man. That's
1: what I was about to say. I feel like there's lots of positives all over the board, Doc. And you talk about players' progressions has been key, but it's been led from lots of different points of view. I think that what yeah Took Miller's done, I think, has been really important on and off the field, and his high standards boys have really driven them. I think that was one of the best photos we've already seen this year. Doc was the photo you sent of took Miller looking absolutely jacked up. I tell you what, he looks like he's uh, robbed a steroid store and eaten everything in there because uh, he looks absolutely fantastic. And he's all, but he's the epitome of that hard work and that mentality that the Suns have been building. And we've talked about it for a few years is that they've done lots of great things in their pre-seasons and um, in their practice matches and just haven't got that flow during the year. But they got it really kicking early this year, Cat, and it was important.
0: Yeah, they did, and
1: we saw that
0: pay off on field as well. I mean, they had some really good patches across this season, I think back to the the start of the year after they had a strong start those first few games, but they kind of looked like they were getting back to that middle of the pack, and then they beat the Swans, they beat the Dockers back-to-back weeks, and then they went on a tear and they smashed Hawthorne, North, Adelaide, really sort of proved their superiority, I guess, over a bunch of the comps. That win, obviously, over Mob as well, while... It's still a painful memory, mate, after the siren, but um, it showed that this team is is different from not just the players on the field, but mentally as well. They had those back-to-back really close losses against Port and Collingwood, but they didn't let it phase them, came out the next week and, and, you know, managed to do the same. Um, While the end of the year, obviously, was disappointing they didn't get to play finals. They looked like they were still in it, really, Doc, and could have made it, even with the teams around them also being on that same sort of level and winning games as well, I I thought until maybe that three weeks to go that they were still a shot.
2: Yeah, I I, th- I think that stretch between round eight to round fourteen, they won five of that five of six games, mm. and they produced some of the best football I've seen from this team in God knows how not not since Gary Ablett was in the Suns colours. Yeah, they, they had quarters where they would kick eight goals, seven goals in 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 one in one quarter, and they would just. Take games by the scruff of the neck, and then there was that game against Fremantle as well, where they really had to dig deep. It was a, it was a very scrappy game, and we know that Freo do love a scrap, but they also don't like the wet weather. Um, but they really, but they really had to dig deep against this Freo team, who were on a high. I think the week before, and it just speaks to me as this team, as a side that can be. I I heard this I heard this I heard this phrase on Reddit the other the other week that the Gold Coast Suns could be the next dynasty team, mm. and and I see and and look it's not a far fetched call. I see elements in this in this team that that suggest they can be. They've got a great midfielder in Tuke Miller who can will be there for the next maybe five or so years. Ben King's going to be there the next decade. They've got a, a great defensive support cast around around in defensive half. That I think I think this season proved that they've got what it takes to really push for finals this year. I think, yeah. well, the, the future is very bright, as we talked about.
1: I think you look at Elijah Hollands, the games he produced this year, all of us at A3 were absolutely – each week, I think we said, when's he playing, when's he playing, when's he playing? Because every week. We, we've seen the talent, and we've all seen it at a, at a younger level and what he's done. Uh, Malcolm Rose as well, I thought, had a really, really good season. I think that he's got something – a lot of tricks in his bag, that's for sure. It's sort of just – the uh, rabbit in the hat sort of trick. He's just pulling a new trick out each week. He's got a lot of class about him. And Joel Jeffrey is a guy that we all really rate here. I think that yes. he's going to absolutely excel with the addition of Ben King because again, gives him an opportunity to get a fourth, fifth best defender, and for him to excel. And Jeffrey's got a lot of ability, I think, as well, um, above and below his above his head, and below his knees. And he kicked a big bag against the dogs, Doc. Uh, it's Sun's favorite thing to do: is an unknown player going crazy against your mob, but. Um, it, it,
2: it, it's a very Bulldogs uh, It's a very bulldog thing to let some unknown player kick five goals on, on us. <laughs> and
1: I, I think it I never happened well before, is it? With the offseason <laughs> as well, I think Ben Long's going to be an important addition. He adds a bit of grunt and a bit of something. Jed Anderson, similar to the fold, pretty underrated pickup. I think Jed Anderson. I think that he showed at North. He's still got something to give. And they drafted well with Bailey Humphrey, who's very highly regarded cat. Yeah,
0: I think the Anderson selection will be sort of the replacement for what Greenwood brought mm. uh, up there, and he's going to add that sort of same thing, protect the young guys, work well with Touk and get the the boys developing nicely um, in that midfield group. I just think this season really showed that they are starting to know what their best 22 looks like, and we aren't just seeing kids being played for the sake of getting games into kids. We're seeing this team really start to, to take shape and Guys who were previously maybe required in the team are starting to become depth options now, which I think is really healthy for their list. Guys like Chris Burgess and and Corbett, Sexton, um, McPherson, guys who were probably playing out of necessity, Lockie Weller as well while he had his injury issues too. Mm. Um, They didn't look like they were suffering without guys like them in this team, and they got the kids that can come in, replace them, and not just replace them, but play roles that were really, really valuable. Um, and we saw guys like Sean Lemons, who's been injured for a long time, come in and um, really return well. 20 games for him was fantastic, I thought. Seen Swallow too. Miller put out a really yeah. good season on the park and played a few different roles, but really do what was required of him. I tell you. It just shows that,
1: yeah, they're, they're looking like the team that's
0: really taking the next step.
1: Yeah, and that's the biggest thing is that everyone looks sort of like they're ready to take that step individually but for the team at the same time. A lot of players, I think, have taken individual steps, but I think as a progressive unit we've seen finally the Suns evolve as a team Um, instead of just five or six players each year getting better everyone looks like that they're chiming into their roles. And a lot of unsung heroes still on this team we haven't talked about. Sean Lemons is definitely one of them, Doc. Each week gets the toughest small forward in each team, and he does a bloody good job. He very rarely gets a bad kick on him, and he works his ass off defensively as well.
2: Yeah, he's, a good, he's, one, of the, he's one of those players that you have to sit down and really, really pay yeah. attention to, Sean Lemons. I, I enjoy watching him take on the smalls every week and do his job without fuss. He, he's turned into such an important player for them, and... And as well, we haven't talked about the role that Matty Rao does no. uh, in the middle. We talked about Noah Anderson having a good year and Tuke Miller playing out of his skin, being in the brown, being in the brown considerations. But the fact that, but the facts are that Matty Rowell does a lot of the grunt work. You know, we know Tuke's a great runner, but Rao's the kind of bloke that dives in and under for the ball and allows a guy like uh, Miller, that, that allows a guy like Miller and, and Anderson to go off and run and and use the ball the way that they use the ball. And I think. Where like how he how he continues to develop his sort of game we 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 all we we all think oh look his first four games in twenty twenty were just absolutely sensational I think he polled like three three votes in like three games in 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 three of those games but long long gone are those sort of days where 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 he does it all I think he found himself a niche in his team and his niche is to be the, the, the the inside the inside man. You know, he, he led the Suns for clearance. Sorry, he, he was second in the Suns for clearances, but he led he led the Suns in tackles.
0: And I think having Jed Anderson in there as well, Doc's mm. only going to help him too. Like, he's going to have that extra bit of cover to maybe show off his skills a little bit more and not just be the in-and-under ball winning guy. I think they've got the recipe for a brilliant midfield now, Gold Coast, and it'll start to come together this season. Hopefully, if everybody stays fit... Witsy keeps on his brilliant form, too. Another guy who always gets perennially underrated, Miller, but we love him here at A3. Jared Wits could have been in all Australian contention and should have been. Should have. Should have. But I think they just got a really, really good midfield growing there. And one guy I just want to mention before we get to the bads of the year as well, down in the back line, Caleb Graham Miller. Uh, Sort of came out of nowhere this year. I thought he was going to be one of those guys that didn't
1: really do much on the list and end up getting Mm. delisted, but...
0: He proved himself a really, really
1: handy defender. Yeah, I liked it as well. Got a good supporting role. And it was really interesting sort of um, last year because Burgess, um, Corbett and and sort of Graham were fighting for that spot as a third forward. And Corbett was doing really well in the twos, but he couldn't crack in. And then Graham said, well, I'll play a different role. He played a bit of ruck and defence for a bit of time. So I liked these role and I really think that um, – Probably the smallest ruckman ever, uh, but I tell you what. <laughs> actually, Marcus Bontepelli's entered the chat there, but I think that um, yeah, he actually had something, Graham, and he's got a bit of a bit of an ounce about him. And I just think they're pretty unlucky, really. And, and like, i uh, not ten and twelve isn't obviously enough to get you into the eight these days. But offensively, they're ranked um, first for points four outside the eight, so they're not far off there. Had more points four than Carlton, and that's with that as we said, Ben King. Um, they lose yeah. Rankin, but I think that the replacement, I think Ben Ainsworth, who I'll talk about soon, had a really good year and will take big steps. And um, they did pretty well in that regard, I think, to finish number one for scoring outside the eight. So they're just on the cusp, yeah. I think. In terms of what didn't work, Doc, um, obviously they missed finals once again, finishing in
0: 12th. Got closer than they ever have, but there's still things that go wrong in a season like this. What did you see in that regard?
2: I think it was towards the, the back end of the year where things started to fall apart. And we, we've talked at length in, in past years about how the Suns like to taper away out of the uh, out of the bottom in, in the second half of the year. And there were a lot of games there that sort of proved that again, I think the gaming assessment was very disappointing yeah. where they lost by eight goals. That was a game that they really should have won. They had that, there was a 10 goal loss to, Gold, uh, to Geelong, um, and there was the game against Hawthorne as well, which was a game that they should have sewn up as well. But those, but the, the those margins were, with the exception of Geelong and Essendon game, mm. of course, were a, a little bit more. Were a bit closer. You know, you give them, another, you give that another twelve months. They beat Hawthorne in York Park. They beat yeah. they there. They 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 get they get to within five goals of, of Geelong, who are a premiership favourite. They they get they get. They might even topple the Brisbane Lions late late in the year. Mm. If they if they're play, if they're playing at Metricon. They love playing at Metricon now, the Suns. We 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 say we say the game is a fortress, Miller, but I think Metricon now is going to be it is the fortress yeah. for, for the for the Suns. I like
1: that. And I think that's something that's important, you know, going forward is that you've got to establish a sort of strong home ground. I think probably one thing that didn't work is just they had a really bad run of injuries at times, Cat. We saw you know, obviously, Ben King was the headline one, but lots of players that were get a kick on. Alex Davies missed quite a few games with injury. Saxton missed a large part of the year with injury. Um, even Sam Day, when they needed a bit of support, he was out injured. Lacocious had an interrupted season. Mm. You both spoke about Powell and Lockie Weller, respectively, had injury interrupted seasons. So. Something that the Suns haven't actually sort of had the run of. They've also they've always had the sort of the talent there, but haven't pieced it together. But now is the opposite. They they had um, the talent there and put it together, but some of the personnel wasn't there that was required. So probably just a bad run with injury. And as we said, sort of a patchy start to the season. But you said cat that run was really impressive. Sort of later on. Yeah. Um, look. Yeah, I
0: think they've just got a. To- Hope that <laughs> they can keep them all together. Really, I think that'll be a big change for them this year. Once they get the 22 that they want on the park consistently, they're going to be winning more games, yeah. like Doc said. They're knocking off those ones that were losses that will be wins this season. Um, but they've just got to, yeah, knock out those disappointing losses. That, um, you know, we set it for a couple teams, we set it for the Crows, we set it for. The bombers as well, but no blowouts this season. I think that if they want to be a finals team, they can't be affording to drop in games no. um, like they did in the latter half of the season. But I don't think they will, Doc. I think they're a team that's going to show that maturity this year that they are better than that and they can do better than that.
2: Yeah, I, I think so as well. It, it's interesting to note to note here in the ladder that the Suns were three and eight yeah. away from Metricon, yeah, and, and that and to that needs. And that needs to change because the, the two the two teams that better that had better records were St Kilda and Carlton, better away records that that is, um, and and that needs to change. And, and as i said before, ga- games against Hawthorne, games against Essendon, where games that they should be winning away, they'll uh, they'll they'll get they'll get it they'll get it sorted out in about in 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 twelve in another twelve months. There is no doubt about yeah. that. I think they've got a lot of a lot of good pieces. A lot of it a lot of it now is just between the years. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, I think that they'll get there. This is this is the year where they make that jump for mine. We'll talk a bit about the expectations um, at the end of the episode. But I think they are a team that's capable of making finals. Uh, and I really don't think anything this year pointed too much towards the fact that that wouldn't happen. No. King in, uh, the squad getting consistency, everybody staying fit, hopefully. we we'll bloody cross our fingers for him that, that happens. But with the additions as well, I think they're going to be just fine coming into 2023. Yep. Most improved, gentlemen. A lot of players taking the leap on the list this year for the Suns. I think it's going to be hard to choose just one, but we spoke about the forward line a bit before, Miller, and I'm going to choose a man who's very close to your heart. Didn't get as good of a run as he could have at the Tigers, but the big Choll, big Mabior Choll, went up to the Suns. He he said, oh, I'm just going to kick bags for fun. Um, 19 games straight where he kicked at least a goal. 44 for the season to kick two goals per game on average. I don't know where this came from. I think a lot of Tigers supporters probably would have said he had the talent there Mm. and showed a lot of glimpses of it, but he just went ballistic this year.
1: Oh, he went absolutely crazy. And I think that I'm happy for him, absolutely chuffed for him because Chole was the one guy at the Tigers who just unfortunately didn't get a good run at it. Always, though, showed, as you said, Cat, he's got the ability. He's got something about him that just makes him dangerous. And... What excites me is seeing the dynamic of him and King run around. Two very pl- good players below their knees. Ben King's obviously a great mark as well. Chol's shown that as time. Not as much as a one-on-one, but they can both complement each other so well. So that's a great call and very happy for big Choll. And rewarded with a nice fat deal as well, being a free agent. So good on him. Yes, we love that. <laughs> Just a quickie before we go to your most improved oh. doc.
0: Do you see Casbolt still fitting in this forward line with Chol and King?
2: Oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I'd li- I'd like to say yes because they they've all done so they all they all fit so well. But the, I think the reality is you're probably only going to get to of Joel Casbolt, and Ben King in in this team. You're not you're not moving Jared Wits out out of the team unless he does his ACL again. <laughs> you're not you're not going to move uh, Big Mabsy after 44 goals this year. No. Um, ben King's in there. Not sure who you'd, and you would probably suggest uh, Mavsy is is playing most of the times of key forty. He only, he only he only had limited minutes in the ruck this year because we know Witty can shoulder can shoulder the ruck for most of the game, mm-hmm. most of the games. I'm gonna say no. Ooh. I th- I think I th- I think I think he finds himself out of this team. Not a bad option to have
0: his depth though, Miller. Considering he just kicked thirty five goals.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it is a tough one. Um. I say yes because I think, particularly at the start, of the year, king will be finding his legs under him um, and sort of getting back to that. And I think it can work. I, as I said, I just I think Chole and Ben King are good enough on the deck and around their knees that they don't have to command it in the air. And Casbolt can be that marking presence. And the biggest thing is just taking away another uh, elite defender, you know, away from King or away from Chole to try and get that targeting. And as I said, yep. for you know players like. Casbold and Jeffrey could benefit from it the other way. So I say yes. What do you I'm going to say yes uh, too. I think
0: go. just the, the extra cover and protection for King, especially in the first couple months when he's back, I think it'll be really necessary.
2: Yep. Keep yeah, him it's mind. Not, I, I think if we're talking about the gr- greatest game of things, you play King, Mabsey and Joel Jeffrey in that, forward, in that forward 50. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. I, do love I that. like that setup. Uh, give us your most improved for this year, Doc, for the Suns. It was hard picking most improved because you two picked uh, the, the two players that I thought were um were were the bigger were the bigger sort of players that, that improved. But I thought, but after sitting back and going through some of the stats, I thought Noah Anderson's year was by far yeah. one of the best I've seen. Um, out, out of the Suns, average career highs across the board: disposals, twenty six per game, marks four point three per game, inside fifties rocketed up from two point nine to six. So he was he was getting a lot more it was getting a lot more inside fifty generations and. Five point five clearances per game is another is another is another uh, career high. He averaged four point one last year and finished top two in the best and fairest this year, which is a uh, which is a big testament to how he's how he's performing and how he's adapting to the structure at at the Gold Coast. He's um he, he's no longer he's no longer the uh, the Robin to Matt Rouse Batman, Mister Miller. <laughs> he's uh he, he, he's his own man now. Um, and he's just he's just primed and ready to go. That's his third year in the competition, so he's still you know early twenties, and he's he's yet to hit the the peak of his powers. Right. So it's just he's um I don't think he's hardly missed a game. Missed. He played twenty one last year. Played twenty in twenty twenty one, and he played every game in twenty twenty. Yeah, so he'll play
0: every game this season too, without a doubt, as long as he stays fit. Oh
2: unquestionably you know you're not you're not not moving anybody else out of that midfield you got Tuke, Matt Rowell Noah Anderson they all spent large minutes in the center bounce uh, last year so I don't think that's changing no elite call Doc I love Noah Anderson I hope he gets
1: even better this season Miller who is your most improved for 2022 as I said I stole Doc's he wasn't happy about it but I did steal it uh Benny Ainsworth boys is a guy that we've we've spoken about a lot and me and Doc have Followed his career pretty closely since he's been drafted. We said, you know, pick four back in 2016, and we said we, we want to see more from him. And he said, all right, fellas, shut up and watch this. And he produced an absolutely outstanding year. Um, playing sort of half forward and deep forward and a little bit of midfield time as well. Career high in touches, 16 a game this season. Ranked a uh, leap for marks, 5.8 per game for a guy that's only 190, uh, 179 centimetres even. There you go. That's bloody fantastic. One goal a game as well. His most goals he's ever kicked, twenty-five in a season, which was really good. Also, most tackles he's ever laid by, plus bloody fifteen, was his last season. Played twenty-two games as well this year, um, and just was really important across the board. And there were games he grabbed by the scrub, of the neck, and really sort of brought it, you know, to those teams. And something that the Suns have always needed, as we said, they're building this identity of grunt, aggressive footy. And I think I know that Rankin's going to be a bit of a blow, but I think with what they've brought in, obviously, um, drafting young Humphreys, who's going to be some player, I think. But Benny Ainsworth's going to take on a big responsibility this year. I reckon he could possibly kick 30 goals, if not more, this year. I love
0: I'm the glad. prospect of him and Roses together oh. this year. You know, they're going to be the first choice key of uh, small forwards. Yep. Um, and I think they can do some damage. Love I that. think they've Very really got cut. a big opportunity here. Yep.
2: I, I think between the trio of Ainsworth, Holman and, and Roses, I think that's a, a lot of – I think there's – it's Definitely a possibility that they get 60 between them.
0: Oh, that would be 70. Very, very juicy.
2: Even 70. We're throwing around
0: numbers this preseason on A3. Uh, someone better be keeping track of all these because we are going to look either like absolute geniuses or the dumbest idiots on the earth who have no idea what is going on in these forward lines. Now, I like the call, Doc. Um, yeah, ainsworth has got a huge season ahead, and I thought he improved out of sight, so I love that call. From you, yep. Miller. Great, me, me too. Uh, MVP, gentlemen. I mean, it's probably going to be pretty unanimous, isn't it? I think everybody M- will have to say it's Tuke Miller. <laughs> M- M- MVP, that's not Tuke. I just love Tuke. I'm going to go, with my man, Witsy, Boys, uh, it, there's an argument to be made that he was the best ruck in the comp last year, uh, and he does not get the recognition down in the Melbourne bubble because he plays up in Queensland. Uh, and as we know, if you don't play in bloody Victoria, then half the media doesn't see you. No. We love Witsy, and he was elite. One of the best, if not the best, Tap Ruckman in the comp. You know, I thought he had an outstanding year once again. I liked that.
2: Yeah. Uh, just just touching on Noah Anderson again, uh, averaged just over half a goal per game this year, which you know it translates to 11 goals, 7. So he, he pushes himself down more towards the forward half, and he's providing himself as more of a forward option, which is really, really good. I also promised Alex Miller that I wouldn't talk about his goal against Richmond, otherwise he'd kill me. So I'm, <laughs> well, I've I'm, I'm already not mentioned not gonna... it about five times. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll be eliminated first. We'll be searching for a new host next week. But no, I think I think as well. David Swallow, we talked about as well, Cat, just briefly. He's sort of been playing a little bit of everywhere. He didn't. He only spent minimal minutes in in the centre bounce this year, but. I think his averages will speak, you know, speak pretty highly for just the body of work he produces. You know, twenty, 20 disposals per game, and he averages quite, quite a, quite a, quite a solid number of, of clearances as well and, and, and tackles. So he's got, like he doesn't like he, he can he can just sort of take the back seat now and let Took do the work and and let guys like Rao do the work and Anderson do the work and he can just sort of play as a play as a spare man either behind the ball or. or he even push himself forward a little bit. He, he averaged a point three goals per game as well. So he's a uh, he's he's turned out he, he's turned out not not a bad career for someone who's who, who was taken number one all those years ago. Mm, no, not bad. And you know that's
0: what you want your leaders to do as well. Just slot in wherever you need them to, and you did that brilliantly across this year. Um, if you had to choose someone, Miller, who's not Tuk Miller, who are you going with?
1: Jesus, <laughs> uh, a tough question. Look, I, I think. Some of those names we mentioned are really, really impressive. I, I'd sort of go back to Sean Lemons. For mine, I think that, again, just takes a tough role each week and really works his ass off. And Aung San Hero, you don't have to get a lot of touches to do good things and get loved by the coach. And if there's one thing that I said for the 15th time this episode, the Suns just a hard working effort team and Sean Lemons is the epitome of it. I just think that he does a really good job each week and very underrated. I love that call, mate. Yeah, he's a great player, and hopefully manages
0: to stay fit and on the park across this year too. Because it'll be great to see him great. if he does. Uh, before we move on, boys, since we did talk about Tuuk so much, let's rattle off his numbers given the season that he had. Because he is obviously a deserved MVP, and what a brilliant season it was. Twenty eight and a half disposals for him, mm. six tackles, two and a half rebound fifties, five and a half inside fifties, eight clearances. Fifteen contested possessions per game, and of course the twenty-seven Brownlow votes up from his career high of seventeen last season, and he kicked eight goals as well, Also, his equal career high for the season. Um, I, just a ridiculous year from Duke. <laughs> I've,
2: got, I've, I've got a question for you boys, and this this, this might this might come across a little bit a little bit strange, but. We know Gary Ablett is revered as the best Gold Coast son of all time, but what's Tuke Miller got to, got to do to over, over overtake him? Be I'll close. Just keep playing like this in his prime, and if he wins a Brownlow, uh, that'll be
0: it.
1: <laughs> there you go. That'll be it, I reckon. I think he just has to win a
0: Brownlow, Doc. Honestly, Cash Ka- has Ka- broken it down as simple as that'll that. Be it. Now, if he if he keeps playing like this throughout his prime, uh, he will go down as the best Gold Coast son That's because he will be a one club player, no doubt. Um, the man bleeds for this club, and he is the future of this club If they win a premiership um, within the next five years or he's gonna be the guy that's you know responsible for the lifting of that cup because he's just turned this team around even more than Stuart who has on field. It's clear that Tuke is the one they all want mm. to that's
1: not a bad take look oh, yeah jesus
2: I, I, don't don't mind that either I, I think it's I think it's as simple as win a premiership yeah. And and, he, and he's and he's the best be, player. Doesn't he need to win a Brownlow? I think he will win one though. Doc. I was going to say, oh, no. oh, he will win one. There's no doubt about that. But I think it's as simple as win a premiership, and you're the best Gold Coast Suns player in in, in the history of the club. I don't know. Rocketeer might have something to say about it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> look, yeah,
1: I reckon. What if they even make it to a grand final, and he's
2: got a Brownlow? What well, depends what he does to the grand final. If he if he carries them to a if he carries them to an honourable loss, then I I still think that's a Well, match. I just think
1: the furthest Gary took them was ninth, correct? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Not ninth or 10th. It was, I think it was 10 wins. Yeah,
1: right. Oh,
0: Let's tough. just say, I think that if they're going to be naming the best and fairest medal after anyone, I think it'll be Tuke Miller medal. <laughs> there you go. Because he'll win about 10 of the damn
1: things before he retires. <laughs> the Tuke Miller medal. I love Welcome. that. Welcome. This is Tuke Miller's medal. Head it over. Um <laughs> yeah, no, it's a take look oh, tough though. I'd, I'd have to say yeah with what you boys have said. He's definitely gonna win a brand low, and you're an idiot if you don't think that. Um yeah, I think that's probably the go. All right. Well,
0: good call, gentlemen. Uh we'll look ahead to twenty twenty three. It's gonna be a big year for the club, like we said. This is I mean we talked about expectation stock, and this is the year for mine where they finally make the jump. I think they're they're going to be well and truly in that mix for finals. Obviously, they've got teams around them that are going to want it. I don't see anyone really from this year dropping out. I think the Blues are going to be pushing for it as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of teams that want to get into the finals, but I think they can do it.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm looking at who the, who the Suns play twice, uh, Kat, and it's interesting. I mean, they, they play Adelaide twice, Brisbane twice, Carlton twice, North Melbourne twice, St Kilda twice, and Sydney mm. twice. Now they've got they've got good history against the Swans. I could expect do. them. I expect them to take one if it's a home game. They'll definitely take one. Uh, the Saints they should beat them at least once. North should be twice, and I think they can get Adelaide twice. So that that's already six wins. I, love I think. I think they can they can be above the eleven win mark. I think they. Can, I'm with you, Kat. I think they can push for a spot in the top eight. I think the, the pieces are all there. Mm. They've got yeah. they've got good, they've got good key forwards that are ready to go. I think the smalls are quite are quite good too. I mean, Rosas, I think can can really break out this year. He was quite it was quite promising in a lot of the games he played, and and the defense has been quite sturdy as well. So first four games they've got Sydney, Essendon, Geelong, and St Kilda. It's it'll be tough uh, that the game scene is gonna be really tough because that one's at massive, home massive would, I, I, I like would, that they've got you know the swan's at home the
0: cats at home uh, Melbourne at home and the dogs at home all in the first half of the year I think that tips all those matchups into their favor a little bit more than it would be otherwise the run home is yeah. probably a little bit harder with some of the away games mm. um, but it's gonna be interesting for them I think they've got a good good sniff here.
2: At very worst, Miller, they've got they've got to be 2-2 two and two at the first month to be any chance.
1: Yeah, I, that's right. I was going to say, I think that the key will be, we talked about it pretty much, these teams that are on the brink, boys, and it's a tough top eight to crack into, that's for sure. I, I think that the most important thing will be, yeah, to, to go a good start to the season, but when you get to the bye, they've got to continue their form for a whole season, and it's something yeah. that they definitely took big strides in this year compared to last season, so... That would be the key going forward, I think, just building that consistency towards, you know, a full stretch of a season from from what they're trying to do, the Suns. So I can see them finishing anywhere between 10th to 7th, really. Um, They just really need to – they've got that offensive prowess and Ben Kings get added to it. So they just need to get everyone fit and firing and I think they can easily break into the eight for sure. I can see them hosting an elimination
0: final if everything goes right for them. I can see a sixth place finished for Gold Coast this year.
1: It's possible. I I don't mind that. I don't mind. You need a little bit of luck
0: to go their way. That's right. Because they've been quite unlucky with injuries the past few seasons. But if it does, there's no reason why they can't. For mine, doc.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my biggest problem though. I I just I don't. These this team's had a very bad run of injury most years, and they've always suffered towards the back end of the year. And that's where I'm sort of seeing, and that's where I'm sort of seeing what they can do. the, the last The last six games they've got GWS at Manuka, they've got Brisbane at Metricon, they've got Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval, uh, Sydney at the SCG, Carlton at Metricon, and North Melbourne in in Tassie. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a hard run home for mine, and if 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 players start to drop mid season then I'd, I don't... Look, look, as much as I'd love to see the Suns, and I think the and I think the, the expectation internally is that they want to be in in the top eight. If one or two players drop off mid-season, then I think the wheels fall off again.
1: Well, yeah. I'm with you, Cap. It's a bit of luck. That's how you make the final sometimes. You need a bit of luck and a good run of it, and I think that that's yep. what they need more than anything this year. But they can definitely put it all together. And one thing unanimously we've all said is they've got the talent to do it. They've got the ability yep. to do it, so... It's going to be a battle, and that's what footy's all about here. Um, you know, there's always teams that are going to be fighting for spots, just like anyone else. So, um, give me a reason. Show me the money. Why you should be in that top eight? So, it's going to be a really exciting season for lots of teams, and the Suns in particular.
2: I think it helps in the case, them... in the case of Stuart. Do you show me the
1: sandwiches. <laughs> show me the burgers, mate. I think it helps them coming into the.
0: Or well, being in the middle of the preseason, that they don't have too many guys coming in mm. now that are going to have interrupted preseasons. Obviously, um, MacAndrew with his um, club suspension will be away for a while. Yeah. Um, King is still recovering, as we said. They got a couple of guys like uh, Butterick and um, Will Powell as mm. well. Are still recovering from various injuries, but for the most part, I think they've got a pretty healthy list coming into this season, and these guys are going to have the best opportunity to get back into it. Mm. Weller as well, another one who needs to get his fitness back in yep. this preseason. But I think if they can get all these guys together, everything's been smooth sailing so far. So touching wood for him. <laughs> if they keep a healthy list coming into round one, that puts them into the best start they could possibly make. Yep. great call, cool, Kat. Yep. I agree. I agree with that. Well, well, I think that wraps us up for the Gold Coast Suns coming into 2023. Huge year for the club boys. Probably the biggest in their history. Um, so it's a not make or break, but it's definitely the time to to get on the move, and I very much think they can. It sounds like we all agree on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I,
2: I, I think uh, oh, if they don't if they don't make the top eight, I think they just miss out. It's gonna be a
0: big one. Make sure you follow us across all our socials so you know when the new episodes come out for the season reviews slash previews. Plenty more to come before the season starts. Footy's not that far away. We marked about 50 days the other day until round one, which is just bloody ridiculous. <laughs> it's so close already. But footy never stops at A3. Make sure to follow us across our socials, a 3 Podcast, Facebook and Instagram, at A3Footy on Twitter. And of course, there's the email, so A3Footy at gmail.com. With all that said, and until the next one, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Doherty. Stick with us. Plenty of pre still to come. Plenty of clubs still to talk about. We love the footy day three. It's getting closer. Oh, yes, the footy. Go, Go the snus. To snus. <laughs>